Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, good morning again. So how should you respond when things that you have depended on are taken away from you? What do you do when life stops working the way that it's supposed to, the way that you have kind of come to expect it to work? I think these are relevant questions, uh, legitimate questions, um, and, and they are the kind of questions that people are asking these days because... Life as we have kind of thought it was supposed to happen isn't happening that way. And that's why I am doing this series on, on faith and having a faith that works. Because honestly, if you don't have a faith that is, is true and authentic and works, then it's worthless religion is worthless and if we can discover a deeper faith a a solid faith that can withstand the test of trials and and troubles um, if we can have a practical faith that leads us through the tough times then we are are on the right track uh, we want to have a faith that gives us hope and a purpose and significance. And, and all of that boils down to having a biblical faith. Now, this week, I want us to look the, at a faith that can make the tough choices in life. And we're going to have to be making tough choices, uh, it, it, certainly as, as we move forward. Now, as we're going to be talking about decisions and, and, and how to make, <coughs> I'm sorry, here we go again. Uh, as we talk about making these, these tough decisions, we need to understand that life is a series of choices, a series of decisions. That little video we watched really, really is, is so true. Every day we make decisions that will affect our lives, not just immediately, but for, for decades to come. We make our choices and then our choices make us. You know, I, I said a few weeks ago in a, another message, we are, you and I are exactly who we are, what we are, and where we are based on all of the decisions that, that we have made. So the question really becomes, how does trusting God in the, the, the decisions that we make, in the choices that we make, um, how does that affect us? And, and obviously I want to make an appeal for why trusting God is the right way to, to move forward. Now in James chapter one, and, and this whole series, we're going to be looking from primarily the book of James, uh, 
the first thing that we understand is that when we trust God, he will give us wisdom. Now, I touched on it some last week, but I want to spend a little bit more time this week. Wisdom is what you and I need to make the hard decisions, to make the tough decisions in life. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God is never going to resent you for asking him for, for wisdom, for guidance. God loves you. He cares about you. And he's going to give you the wisdom that you ask for. You know, but we have to ask. The reason that a lot of times we don't have godly wisdom, godly insight, is because we don't ask for it. We don't seek it. The Bible even says, Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. You're going to need wisdom to live your life successfully. And godly wisdom is the key to, to happiness. And it's the key to God's blessing in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 4, the first part of verse 7 says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. It's more important than money. It's more important than pleasure. It's more important than success. You see, we're human. And as, as because we're human, we mess up. We are imperfect. Now, hopefully that doesn't come as a shock. Some of you newlyweds, that, that might come as a shock to, to you that your spouse is not perfect. Um, but all of us make mistakes. We're not perfect. You know, has anyone here ever paid too much for something? You know, we, we mess up. We, we give up on something before we should have. Or we stay with something way longer than we should have. Uh, you know, we, we say the wrong thing at the wrong time. We mess up. And in, in truth, much of the pain that we experience in life come from the bad decisions that we have made. And that's why we need godly wisdom. So the first thing that, that you and I need to understand that we need to do is we need to learn to trust God because he's the author of wisdom. He, he's where we get wisdom from. So let's tackle this morning, how do we get godly wisdom? Bible says we just ask for it. But it, it, does that mean that all of a sudden we wake up one morning and it's like, ping, we now have wisdom? No, that, that obviously isn't going to be the way it happens. So how do we go about getting godly wisdom? Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to make God the priority of our life. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. So 
What this is telling us is that when we make God the centerpiece of our life, we make him the top priority in our life. We, we make him the priority of our schedule, of our agenda. We make him the priority of our money. We make him the priority in our relationships. When we put God first in our lives, then we're going to begin to gain godly wisdom because he's the centerpiece of what we are all about. Now, the, it says fear of the Lord or reverence for the Lord gives us wisdom. Again, what that means is that you are making God the priority, the centerpiece of your life. It means that you trust God. And when you trust God, God says, I'm going to impart my wisdom to you. Now, the second thing is the Bible says that we have to apply God's wisdom to our life. Not just put God first, but practice God's word in our lives. You know, the Bible is full of wisdom and you can read the Bible all day long. But if you don't apply what you read, then you're you're falling short. You get God's wisdom by living the Bible, by applying the Bible, by implementing the Bible in your life, doing what God says to do. In John 13, verse 17, it says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. You're not blessed just by knowing the Bible. You're blessed when you do what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches us that we are to put God first and that we should practice God's word. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, <clears throat> verse 31, it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. God's way is perfect and God's word is always true. So if I don't do it God's way, then I'm going to mess up. If I follow God's word, then I'm going to be assured that I'm on the right path, that I'm headed in the right direction and that I'm going to do the right things if I'm applying God's word in my life. So when I have a difficult decision to make or I, I come upon some sort of moral situation or moral crisis, I, I need to apply God's word. I don't just say, well, yeah, I remember reading about it, but then go on and do whatever I, I want. I do what the word of God teaches. So I want to go to God's word and I want to see what God's word says. And if God's, God's word has something to say about whatever situation I'm dealing with, then I apply it because God's word is perfect. God's word is always true. In James 1.25, it says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. 
If you look carefully or if you look intently, that's, that sounds a lot like study the Bible. You know, if you, if you study the word of God, if you learn the word of God and then you apply it, it says, if you don't forget what you heard. So the idea is that, that you're imprinting God's word into your heart, into your life so that when you're out and about doing life and you don't happen to have your Bible right there, you still can take what you've learned. You, you remember from your reading and from your meditation on the word of God that it says this. And so you apply it. So this is how you get God's wisdom. You, you put God first in your life. Second, you practice God's word in your life. Now, the third thing that you do is you surround yourself with godly people who are also trying to put God's put God first in their lives. And they are trying to apply God's word in their lives so that you you create an environment where the people around you are headed in the same direction you are. And they have the same kind of goals and the same kind of agenda that you have. <coughs> the people you hang out with, the people who... I'm going through puberty. The people you hang out with are either helping you or they're hurting you. You know, the quality of your life and the quality of your decisions and the quality of the choices that you're making are determined in part by the kind of people that you are associating with. So you are to, you know, choose your friends wisely. Proverbs 13:20 says, "Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you get in trouble." Now, how many of our mothers told us you're known by who you hang out with? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in having heard that. The people you associate with, are, stri are they striving to become more godly or are they just doing life? Every day. Are they, and, and let's flip it around and look at ourselves, every day are you trying to better yourself? Because you are, for somebody, that person who they're looking at saying, is this person helping me get closer to God, or, or aren't they? We, you know, this is what fellowship is. I, I know as Baptists, we think fellowship means that we eat. That, that is not. Fellowship is supporting one another, encouraging one another in the growth of the Christian faith as we strive to walk with Jesus Christ. That's what fellowship is. Did you know that? That, that when you encourage another believer, when they're, when they're going through a hard time, when they're struggling, and you come alongside and say, hey, let me help you. Let me pray with you. Let me help you through this situation. Let me, let me struggle with you as you go through this. That's 
biblical fellowship. And that's what I'm, I'm discussing here is that you surround yourself with people who are headed on down the same path that you're headed down and you're both trying to draw closer to Christ and you're encouraging each other as you do that. So how, how does God give wisdom? When I put him first, when I apply him to my life, and when I spend time with other people who are doing the same thing, we gain wisdom from that encounter. We gain wisdom as we move toward Christ in, in that process. But there's another way that God helps us to in, in these type of difficult situations. When I trust God, he frees me up from second guessing myself. I, I'm sure none of you ever have second guessed yourself. You know, you, you have to make a tough decision and you really just, you, you can't figure out what's the best decision. And soon as you make that decision, you immediately start doubting yourself going, ah, oh, I should have chose this other way. Uh, if I had chosen this way, how would it have been different? And you agonize over it. Did I do the right thing? And, and some of you are really good at torturing yourselves with self-doubt, you know, with second-guessing yourselves. But God doesn't want you to have to second-guess yourself. Proverbs 17, 24 says, Anyone with wisdom knows what makes good sense, but fools can never make up their minds. Why, why can I not make up my mind because I'm not depending on God's wisdom. I'm not in the word of God. I'm not hanging out with godly people who can help me <coughs> make those decisions. You know, God's not being first in my life. So James 1 talks about what happens when we, we get this kind of double-minded mentality. In James 1, beginning with verse 6, it says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Well, let me just stop right there. We are certainly in a season of shifting waves that are being blown about, you know, with the, the whole COVID thing, the winds change sometimes by the hour. You know, first we're doing it this way and then, well, no, no, now we're doing it this way. And well, no, okay, here's the problem. Nope, nope, this, this is the problem over here. And, and every time you turn around, there's something different being thrown out there. In the days and the months ahead, it's not going to get any better. It's, it's, we're going to continue to change over and over again. Let's not be tossed back and forth like a wave. James says, don't be double-minded. And I'm not, I'm not speaking just specifically about COVID. I'm, I'm talking about living our lives regardless of what's going on. You can't have God's wisdom 
if you are double-minded. When you're going back and forth this way and that way, all that does is make us instable and, and insecure. Now, the word double-minded literally means to be two-souled. It means that you're pulled in opposite directions. <coughs> it means you have divided loyalties that, that, that you're vacillating back and forth. I, I, I'm sure I'm, no one's ever felt that way like that in here, but in, in case you know somebody that is ever like that. Double-mindedness creates an unstable spiritual life. Notice it says, don't expect to receive anything from God if you're double-minded. Because being indecisive keeps us receive from receiving what God wants to do for us. This is important because what happens is when we are double-minded, in essence, what we're doing is we are doubting God's ability to minister in the situation and to minister to us. God, this may come as a shock to some of us. God is not moved by our whining. He is not moved by our complaining. He is not moved by our griping. God is moved into action when we trust him, trusting God moves God into action. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. According to your faith, God, God says you, you get to choose how he responds to you. Now, I want to be real careful here. I'm not, I'm not promoting a name it and claim it kind of theology or anything like that. But the Bible is very clear that if we don't have faith, God doesn't respond to us. And the more faith we have, the, the stronger God will respond to us according to your faith. We get to choose how much God is going to respond in our lives. Now, this, this matters because our faith is directly tied to our belief in God. If I don't have faith in God, it's because I don't really think God can handle whatever I've got going on. Well, how do we increase our faith? By being in the word of God, by applying the word of God and seeing that God is tested and true and by surrounding ourselves with godly people so that we are able to mutually support and encourage one another. And so that as I witness God's action in my life and in the life of other people, my faith is strengthened and I'm able to believe God for more and more and more because I see him at work. But if I'm isolated off by myself and I'm never in the word of God and I'm never trusting God and I'm never being out there putting my faith on the line, then I don't really have a strong belief in what God can do or even who God is.
according to your faith. Now, one last encouragement that I want to give you, and, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. When I trust God, even if I make the wrong decision, I'm doing my best, but because I'm not perfect, I, I pray about it and I'm trying to make a decision. And when I make the decision, it turns out I made the wrong decision. You know, I, I invested in stock in the Titanic. You know, it, I just, I made a bad decision. When I make a decision and I'm doing the best I can, but it's the wrong decision I still know that God can use it for good. The verse the, that we go to, Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes everything. That even means my mistakes. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who of us who love him and are called to live his purpose or according to his, his will for us. If you love God, if you are trying to walk a godly life, even when you mess up, God says, I can take that and I will build it into the fabric of your life. And I will use that still to turn out good in your world. God says, that's okay. No, even our mistakes can be used by him. But we have to be striving. We have to be trying to live a godly life. That's, you know, that's not a promise for anyone and everyone. It's for a promise for people who love God and are called according to his purposes. God will use it for good in your life. Now, at this point, would you just go ahead and bow your heads? And I would like to just invite you to think about decisions that you're having to make right now. Tough decisions, um, decisions that are, that are matter, that are important to you. And I just want to encourage you to give those decisions to God, whatever those might be. Uh, just Bring them before God and say, God, I, I'm dealing with, with this right now and I need your help. And so I'm, I'm turning this over to you and I, I'm trusting you. And then I would just encourage you to, to say something like, dear God, I, I want to trust you more with my life. I want to trust you by putting you first in my life. I want to trust you by gaining your wisdom. I need your wisdom because it's perfect. Help me to become a better student of your word, to learn your word and to apply your word to my life. Help me to, to find out how to live according to your purpose. And Father, I, I ask you to bring people into my life that are God, godly people that are seeking you and help me to be that to them. I'm, has, I ask, I'm asking you, Father, to help me to have your wisdom. 
And help me to live a life that brings honor and glory to you. And if you have never given control of your life to Jesus, God wants to give you more than his wisdom. He wants to give you his salvation. He wants to give you a, 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 a personal relationship with himself. He wants to become your very best friend. And so if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you might pray something like, Jesus, I don't necessarily understand it all, but I want you in my life. I want a relationship with God. I know I need you in my life. And I, I have made a lot of mistakes. And so I ask for your forgiveness. I'm turning my life over to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.